Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for tuning in again. Uh, if you don't know, my name is Charles Graham. It's my podcast. I just want to start by saying I did find a name for this uh, called Charles and Tribulations. Just a joke from when I was in college that very few people <laughs> will, um, will know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and they're all probably in one group me. And so, like I said, my Black Panther experience was wonderful. Um, like the movie was soaked in blackness. Um, I say that as like a very great thing, like filled my spirit to the brim. Um, and it was just wonderful and like beautiful to take in, especially as someone, of course, who is black, um, who appreciates black culture and loves it. Um, I guess you could say it's a part of it um, in some sense. And so, like, just from that viewpoint, like, when, okay, uh, Okoye, who's the leader of the Dormalaje, is flying um, their jet or whatever it is, um, and they, they pass the um, kind of image projection thing that distorts the actual view and hides Wakanda from the world. Like they, they go through past that, and like you see this marvelous um, city. She says, "Like we're home." Like that's how I felt. Like she was talking to me too um, when she said it. And so uh, there's a lot of different things um, within Black Panther, like intentionally built into it. Not just the film, but like going back to the comic books and how everything's set up. Um, that's taken from actual African tribes and countries. Um, like all these like very small things, especially when you look at the um, the costumes and the different piercings and all these like things they use to accent and define and distinguish the African people in it is really cool. I don't have any um, type of background in uh, African scholarship or anything like that. Just you know, brief research on Black Panther um, and things like that relates to like the door of Malaje and like um, vibranium and the technology and you know, a lot of that history for Black Panther. Um, that's all I kind of brought into it. Um, and so this this is not what this experience is about, but like that does make me appreciate it. Um, and kind of is important to appreciating um, Black Panther. Um, and so, like, just knowing that the movie as a whole um, isn't, and the storyline isn't reliant on um, white people, like a white savior movie where, you know, this uh, community of minorities um, are in this hopeless position and if it wasn't for this great Caucasian man um, they wouldn't be able to ascend to such a great thing whether it be the, the championship game or um, save them from this horrible situation I mean that's how a lot of those are um, the blind side is framed that way by the way what's um, the movie where about the baseball team and uh, this pitcher or for, 
older white guy who's like technically past his prime um, can throw about 100 miles an hour all of a sudden while coaching his team to the championship game. Hardball is kind of like that too, um, in, a, in a sense, but like not um, as overt. Um, and it doesn't center around um, Keanu Reeves. But like, it's definitely not that. Of course, um, there are some white people in it who have some, some lines, but like the plot playing out as it does, doesn't rest upon um, their actions, which is um, a cool thing. Um, so I hope people don't get mad at that. But at the very little white people, um, it shouldn't get you mad unless like you have a problem with um, black people. And so um, like a lot of it revolves around um, like just not just um, the plot line and things like that, but like the making of the movie. All of these black people from any and everywhere, um, black people go to America, black people who kind of spent time in the UK and black people from Africa, um, like help make this movie what it was, um, which is really cool. Um, and so like even Ryan Coogler, who's from Oakland, by the way, um, he get, was given a $200 million budget, the largest budget given to an African-American director ever, apparently, um, something like that. Um, and of course, uh, the movie worldwide has already uh, made that made that up in theaters in terms of profits. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, it's just something I kind of celebrate. Um, of course, you know, Black Panther is still owned by Marvel. Um, a bunch of white people, stuff like that. Um, but like, I'll take my wins um, where I can get them. And so they're, they're definitely noteworthy things to acknowledge. Um, but I guess the, the first thing, just to get this out the way, about the movie that was like, all right, I guess maybe touch me, move me, good and bad ways, um, was Killmonger, um, who say is operating out a lot of, he's operating from a place of hurt and um, sadness. And so he, he spends all this time, um, you know, training and trying to overthrow different governments, being in the military, and like being great at what he does and very accomplished things like that. Um, and it all kind of comes to an end when, you know, he gets stabbed. Um, and so just for me, like, uh, if you didn't know, Michael B. Jordan, who plays Killmonger, uh, he kind of got his breakout in the show The Wire, which is like the greatest TV show ever, arguably one of the greatest shows ever. But like his character, Wallace, um, dies because he snitched um, and he couldn't be trusted anymore by uh, Stringer Bell, who's played by Idris Elba. And there's actually people who hate Stringer Bell kind of because of that and some other things he did. But, um, like it's, it's really sad how Wallace dies um, in like his last day being alive or whatever and so like just seeing Michael B. Jordan die again um, of course he dies through well station but I can bring myself to watch it because I'm from California and like I watched that video like back when it happened it was on the news um, 
And so, yeah, I can't bring myself to watch Fruitvale Station and see Michael B. Jordan die. But, like, I didn't know he was going to die in Black Panther. And so when it happened, he gets stabbed. And then he was like, my, my dad used to tell me Wakanda had the most beautiful skies. Like, I'm not an emotional person, like, outwardly. Um, in terms of, like, tears, like, I'm not a cry by any means. Um, I cried, like, two, three times um, while I was, like, in college. Um, so, but more specifically, since 2010, like, I've cried three times max. I, two, two times, actually. I'm not proud of that. But it is what it is. Um, but when he, he says that, like, it just took me back to Wallace. I'm like, no, not again. And so my eyes, like, low-key got watery. No tears escaped or whatever. It flowed. But, like, just a little bit of, you know, I, I'll say my eyes got moist. Um, that's very accurate. <laughs> um, and so, like, my eyes got moist. And so I, I was low-key hurt. I'm like, dang, like, that's how we got to go. Um, and, of course, like, that little dialogue that, um, or even, like, that mo his monologue um, when T'Challa takes him out to, you know, the, kind of, like, the cliff and lets him see the sun and the skyline and everything. I'm like, dang, because all... Um, all these things he did kind of built up and you know he spent Killmonger spent all these years um after his dad and Jobu um who was the brother of the uh the king and black the former Black Panther T'Chaka um he finds out that his dad is killed and he has he's literally cut off from half of his bloodline or half his family, um, which has this rich, wonderful history in it, and actually is royalty. Like he's the decision was made to leave him behind, and he knows this to an extent. So he spends all his time training, preparing, um, being excellent in every every area of his life. Um, you know, like he's like, like I'm working my whole life for this or something like that, um, and it just it just ends like that and everything he worked everything up until that point was futile um it was like really sad and so that's a kind of his character goes from being a villain isn't just simply a villain but he's an antagonist and so like compared to other villain villains were like they just want to kill and destroy and don't have any real um like rhyme or reason to what they're doing or, or any real like um, motivation outside of like greed or um, being power hungry uh, you know um, him like he's driven by these things that are no fault of his own um, and so like that's more I guess it brings him more down to our level um, in terms of like he, people like him being hurt his hurt is very justifiable um, and having him having those sentiments for literally his family who abandoned him um, which it was just you know his uncle and uh, 
Forrest Whitaker's character. But like, that's a real thing. I mean, like to be abandoned. Um, and so for a Killmonger to just end like that, well, like for me, I was like, man, why couldn't they just work it out? You know I mean? <laughs> of course, like he gets stabbed, but like he chooses to die. He's talking about how um, he preferred death um, over enslavement, just like that. The Africans who jumped off the ship um, during the slave trade as they were being brought from Africa to um, like Haiti, um, North, South, and um, Central Americas. Uh, they preferred death over that, and was a thing for, which is also like a real thing and understandable uh, sentiment for him to have. But I'm like, man, like, it didn't have to be like this. Like, T'Challa could have healed you. Y'all could have, of course, like, he's gonna be a prisoner. But, um, you know what I mean? Like, just be, get a chance to be with family. And, of course, like we don't know what happens to really, I guess his other side, his American side of the family, but like that's your dad's people. Um, like dang, but, like start like uh, get to know them because I think like with um, who T'Challa was uh, and how he was kind of in between a lot of things, I think he would have been uh, willing. I think he actually had a desire to get to know him. Um, especially, you can tell how hurt T'Challa is to find out that one is that and Forrest Whitaker lied, but also that like he's got this cousin who he didn't know for all his life. Um, kind of just spring up out of nowhere. Um, and of course, like to Killmonger shows up as all we're family and he has all these um demands and kind of things that he wants um but like still that's your, that's your people um and i think t'challa would have healed tried to heal him and like you know so tell me about how you grew up whatever some, some like soft stuff <laughs> um touchy-feely things or whatever But yeah, Michael B. Jordan or Killmonger sadly dies. Um, and, you know, in the comics, he's brought back to life. So there's a chance that he has a future within um, a Black Panther sequel or whatever happens. But the next thing I would like to talk about is the power dynamic between the two um, couples. Um, first being, of course, one being Okoye, who's the leader of the Dora Milaje and Wakabi who's played by Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out um, and of course Nakia who's played by Lupita and T'Challa or Chadwick um, and so it's like a very different dynamic that's not I guess really seen in movies and of course real life where the, the two ladies um female characters they're committed to who they want to be and their desires um and that kind of has a bit of confrontation and collides with um 
the two male characters. Like you see um, T'Challa in his pursuit of um, Nakia. He like he wants her to be his queen, like his black queen or whatever, <laughs> um, and things like that. But in the beginning, it's con- kind of contingent upon her giving up her life, one as a spy, but also for, um, her desires to help and allow Wakanda to be um, a country that gives aid and helps out other Africans and Amer- and black people. Um, and then Okoye, you see um, her like willing to lay aside her, her love for Wakabi um, for the protection and for the love of Wakanda and of course her duty and honor as a member of the Dora Malaje and so um, well one thing when Wakabi asks her uh, would you would you really kill me and she was like for Wakanda I would like without hesitation um, it's like yeah like she down for the cause and one thing is with her being like the greatest warrior in Wakanda I truly believe she would have whooped his tail that's not what I want to say and how I want to phrase it but like that's how it would have played out like in my mind it wouldn't be close um cause like this is what she does well of course we see the other action scenes in the movie where like she bought that life um and like she don't care who you are like she's not gonna let you um walk over her or even like disrespect the things she cares about um, you see it in the scene where the American agent puts his hand on T'Challa of course he didn't mean any harm but like she was, she was like if he puts his hand on you one more time like there's gonna be a problem um and then and also in that same scene he asked her does she speak English and she was like when she wants to like go ahead like assert your um like who you are and don't play second second fiddle in any um type of way to other people particularly men because that's how um, it ends up playing out even particularly in real life where women will kind of willingly play a background role either for a man's career or for his voice and even his ego um you see of course like, cool great to see I guess warms my heart that um it kind of those situations end um at le- in a at least amicable amicable way like peaceful way where Akami was like okay I don't want these problems um and he throws down his sword and then of course um more towards even later in the movie um towards the end actually in the end T'Challa was like we can do these things like he has these plans and he's wanting to work it out given sound given to it sounds too easy to say but he's willing to for them and to protect and preserve her desires and aspirations it's like he comes not just merely to the middle but like all the way to her side while still wanting to pursue her and have him you know, and they have him, um, like, make a way for, uh, like, her things to be included in their plans and stuff. So I appreciated that. Um, warm my heart, like I said. Um, 
to the next thing I'd like to add is um, whether or not Wakanda can be a real thing. I know people either joke or seriously like uh, presented that argument before and after the movie. And you know, that's a cool thing to talk about, talk about and explore. Um, and so I guess Wakanda is um, built upon like Wakanda as a technologically advanced, um, unconquered empire and nation rest upon vibranium which is um of course um some, a piece of metal or material that crashed from outer space thousands of years ago um, and so the nation's built around um that mound of rock and then of course it's mined stuff like that and so um just like i guess broaden the definition of what vibranium is it's a material or commodity that cannot be um, obtained or found elsewhere in the world and so everyone who knows about it is trying to get in on the game and stuff like that because they're trying to of course catch up and uh, some people have these violent aspirations for vibranium uh, but what does you know some commodity that cannot be found elsewhere in the world what does that look like um, for black people in real life Can I say I guess kind of metaphorically and and um, you know and a cool like oh moment would be the people and the culture um, of course like technology history but like Africa has this rich history and has made these different contributions to the world that um, so many people don't know about and don't appreciate but it'd be um, like the gold that's mined out that was mined out of Africa, um, which is why all these different places in Europe have these cathedrals and palaces and things like that topped with gold. Like, they didn't get that from Europe. Um, they got that from Africa. Um, but either f for trade or they stole it. Um, of course, like, ap appreciating the different cultures and stuff like that. Um, not just Africans, but like black people in general. Like, hip-hop is a commodity, particularly here in the U.S., that a lot of people profit off of. Um, and a lot of people, other than black people, have their hands in um, either trying to replicate or trying to um, own the rights to these people's different music and things like that. Um, and, and what's lost in, in that um, appreciation for the music um, and the art is the appreciation for the people. Um, like it's it's said a lot like people love like other people love, love the culture but they don't like the people um, whereas like where um, these things can be produced and created but then you know that that appreciation doesn't change um, get doesn't change ghettos um, doesn't change the mass incarceration and how black people are treated in all these different spheres and institutions like, if you really, um, I guess for us, from outside, in terms of like non-black people, like if you want Wakanda to be a real thing, then like, it's, you've got to appreciate um, what already is. And I guess it kind of extends to black people as well. And, but like, I understand we don't all care about um, Africans, um, 
or different tribes or even other black people outside of our continent in the same way. Um, but like, I think it's the, we would have to ascribe, ascribe certain, type of, certain type of value um, to who the people are and the traditions that we come out of. And, and I think there's, there, in a way, there already are Wakandas throughout the United States um, or even across the world. But if you look at um, historically back institutions like Howard um, or large metropolitan cities like Atlanta, um, like these are, in a sense, Wakandas. You know, these are places where um, people and ideas are cultivated technology and different commodities are produced and, and sent out to the world and so like um, Howard University which is referred to by people who've attended as the Mecca um, like they've got a staple and they've got a stake in um, the production of black minds and, and thinking and things like that not just um, on the undergraduate level but their law school and their um, their med school, which produces like the most black um, doctors, something like that. Like they're on all these different levels. Like they're committed to um, the, not just simply the preservation of black ideas in history, but like the the growth of those those people and those places and um, that surround them and the culture and stuff like that. Um, like Atlanta, I've been think tw at least twice, um, I think. Yeah, I've been twice at Atlanta. Uh, has, you know, all these people coming from far and wide who do a myriad, myriad of things. Um, who, like poor, you know, rich, these CEOs and different things. Um, that, of course, uh, you've got the the black colleges in the area, Clark, Atlanta, um, Spelman and Morehouse, um, who in their own right as institutions um, are, are producing um, all these wonderful things revolving around black people. Um, but of course, like you've got the um, the corporate and all these other people, farmers and all these things that extend outside of um, the metro area of Atlanta to like these other um, smaller cities that surround it and things like that um, and so like these places exist um, and I guess we have to for them I guess more so be literal literal Wakandas um, we would have to appreciate them as such places that um, their vibranium would have to be the, the music or the culture um, that gets uh, sent out to people um, I think like my church I feel like is Wakanda in a sense um, I, that's for another podcast um, on a later day but like I think it's a real thing um, or metaphorically um, in, in a lot of people's lives or even like the United States like that, that's a thing that you can get to um, and obviously their resources and um, the things they make um, are more more consumed, more widely consumed by people, particularly those um, who aren't black. 
but um, like it's still something people are grasping at to get a hold of. So I, you know, I appreciate that, um, and I love that about um, those hubs and institutions. And um, I guess the next thing that's definitely worth exploring is the idea of um, how correct or um, right was Killmonger's ideology. Um, and you kind of, like I said before, like um, he's half, um, you know, descendants of enslaved Africans. Um, and he himself is kind of the rose that grew from concrete where he grew up without a father um, since he was like you know, a child. Um, so he's like just in his genes and genealogy, like he's the ancestor of like he's the worst of um, kind of Africans, Africans being um, all black people, because we know that's where humanity originated from, but, like all black people. Um, have their origins in Africa um, and so he's on the extreme he himself is on both extremes where half his the other half of his family is you know black royalty and for him of course operating from out of um, hurt like it shouldn't be this way where um, he's got um, the black American black side of him African American side um that's had to grow up amongst all of this um, poverty and gentrification. Grew up in Oakland, which is like a real thing in Oakland, by the way. Going on now is gentrification um, and all mass incarceration. You um, grew up in a place that has a history, a country that has a history of um, not just saving Africans and African Americans, but also being systematically committed to their genocide and their uh, subjugation on different levels. Um, and that's just talking about the United States, not about Europe and Haiti and Jamaica. Um, you know, and for him, it's like, we, we, as in Wakanda, can do something about that. And, you know, for him, it, his... Uh, something is more so overthrowing these governments um, do direct, direct um, violence and war uh, which and I kind of disagree with um, I'm more so to put it um, within a, a rap lyric is I'm not a killer but don't push me um, and I guess anything else I have to say about that um, can be spoken about in person because <laughs> you know I don't want this to threaten my job history <laughs> but like he decides to literally like go after them either go after them being um, free his people across the world or um, go after these people who um, are responsible for such, uh, for said uh, oppression and subjugation, um, those who are literally guilty. And so that that's kind of what, that's where I, like, I leave him, you know, uh, get some distance between him. I was like, he was ready, like, 
he was about to do it, like start waging wars, different things like that. I'm like, ah, uh, it doesn't exactly have to be like this, um, where like you're not making any demands, you're just about to do it. Yeah. Which in some some levels it's correct way to go. Um, but it's like about to just kill white people and all these Europeans and things like that. Um, and I guess Tatala kind of um, like mentioned it, but like you're gonna be the, he's seeking to become the very thing that he hates. Um, um, if we're directing, you know, his his hatred towards, um, you know, Caucasian people or, or those not people of color. Um, it's like, to, um, in your pursuit to, um, out, at the very least for black people, like you're willing to become an oppressor, which is short-sighted in my opinion. Um, like we don't want, even like for the fight for closet, we don't want um, simply, we shouldn't want to be uh, able to have the same things, right? Um, we shouldn't want the same things or simply to have and able to uh, obtain the same things as would it be um, white people or you know the rich like we, I think that's kind of short-sighted um, especially when like these systems that operate as they do um, like capitalism like equality along capitalism would be I want to still be able to, I would, I too would like to, um, you know, get rich, um, even though on the back end, on the, and on the dark side of it, it requires that people lose money and particularly the poor, because those capitalism makes poverty very much possible. Um, also separation middle class, whatever this tangent kind of, but it makes that possible. Um, so do you want to be rich um, just at the hands of um, impoverishing others? Uh, I guess like some of you don't care, um, but I think um, that's not the way to go about it. And I guess like there's people directly losing um, and it's not the rich. It's not the people who have the wealth and power and the means um, already. Um, and so I'm like, uh, I, I don't want you to succeed. <laughs> of course, like, I don't want you to succeed. And that's where, in my mind, he's more villainous in a sense. But like I said earlier, he's more of an antagonist um, who's operating out of these different feelings that he has, which most more so I think is directed to um, towards how he was kind of forced to grow up because he wasn't connected to his Wakandan family and royal bloodline. But um, I think if, I guess to move to another point, everyone should go see Black Panther. Um, even if it's not on the same level in terms of action scenes as the other Marvel movies, um, it's definitely worth seeing. It's got the different, you know, dy love dynamics and um, things like that. In the movie, the writing um, is very well written. 
um, you can take people most ages. Um, don't take like little kids because there's some like kind of messed up dead death scenes. Um, like, people get get shot um, and like mangled and things like that. Um, some of the times, like you see them like the life like leave their leave their eyes or like their body or whatever. Um, yeah, kids shouldn't see that. Maybe once they get like middle school or something. Um, or like if you once you get old movie, you fast forward, do certain scenes. Like that's kind of messed up to, to have a kid watch. <laughs> um, but also like if you're um, you don't want to go see the movie um, because it has all these black people and doesn't include. Um, other races or things like that then but you can go ahead and sit and watch a movie like Passion of the Christ or these other biblical loosely based biblical movies particularly if you're a Christian like then you're a hypocrite because we know for a fact that most of these most of the uh, almost all the people um, in the Bible weren't these you know uh, tanned Europeans or white people like no they're black and brown like they're African and brown skinned um, people um, of course my lord I also take it personally because my lord and savior is brown skin or at least black or brown skin um, like there's no in between or like if sounds or buts he did not look like Kenny G with soaked wet or wet hair um and so yeah like you if you can do that sit through that also I've never watched Passion of Christ um, I refuse to for that simple fact um but like you can definitely see Black Panther in theaters um I'm gonna watch it at least like two more times in theaters I probably won't get emotional like I did before um if that's what we're gonna call it um <laughs> I definitely won't uh, feel the need to, you know, cry out Wallace and at all in, in watching the movie. But once it comes out, like an HD version come like May or something, and it's not in theaters, oh yeah, I'll definitely watch it online for the free. Um, whenever I get bored or something like that, it's, it's worth watching. Um, like, it, I think compares to most the other Marvel movies is very enjoyable regardless of whether or not like you care about the comics or the superheroes um kind of like Blade where people don't in Spawn where people don't think of those as Marvel or superhero movies um it's very like it can stand alone isolated from um how it was created by like real people and things like that um, but you guys to um, appreciate it for what it is um, thank you and uh, keep tuning in